Have you ever feared whereby you've gone it, where going into it and you just don't know what to talk about? No, never. I know I will always have enough to talk about, at least for an hour, unless the person is monosyllabic and very boring, in which case I clearly didn't do my research into that guest to know that he is not a good guest. It's all down to me. Did I do the homework before jumping on that call? The views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast and this YouTube channel are solely the views of the individuals involved. It does not reflect the views of their organizations, employers, and employees, past, present, and future. Uncool is produced by Creators at Work and Story Machine. Like this show? Then rate it five stars and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uncool is a podcast produced, written, and hosted by Sean Lee Winchong and co-hosted by Yenling Lo, co-produced by Raven Lim, and edited by Ray Ung. Uncool. It's cool to be uncool. So, Sean, you know we have been doing this series for quite a while now. In fact, this would actually be like Uncool episode 40, something yeah, like that. 40. That's 40. right. Talking to cool people about how the time that they were uncool. And as far as our concern, I mean, as far as that's concerned, our guest today actually did what sounds pretty cool to me, but you know, at least to our parents, it would sound very uncool, which is to go quit your job and go do podcasting. <laughs> but anyway, very multi-talented, our guest today. I'm so glad you're trying to put it as multi-talented and not just, oh, it's completely uncool and I regret inviting you on. <laughs> hey, we are doing podcasting as well, so we can't complain over here, you but know. have you quit your job? <laughs> I wish I could, actually. <laughs> But our guest today, she's Lingya. She's a producer of the So This Is My Why podcast. And she also, the job that she left is from the legal profession as well, not just any profession. It is the, how to say, sought after <laughs> or highly viewed uh, Asian profession of law. <laughs> earlier this year to work on your <laughs> podcast and so this is why uh, we are talking to her today on our how to talk to people series where we unpack how to make talking cool again and of course it's very fitting as well that we're speaking to her, to her because in this edition of uncool how to talk to people is really about how do you talk to people to persuade them right especially when you want to initiate new projects when you want to network you want to pitch you want to build communities and you know inevitably it all starts with talking to people and that's clearly something she has no problem doing so Lydia it's great to meet you great to meet and, you too well, and I really have to get this out of the way but how did that conversation go when you told your family I'm going to quit at my jobs uh-huh. and I'm going to do podcasting <laughs> To be honest, my family was really, really understanding. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I had spoken about this for so long. It wasn't in so much the terms of, I'm going to quit to do a podcast, but more just low isn't for me. I've not felt it since the very beginning. I don't know why it is, but it's just not for me. And that was just a consistent narrative for pretty much my entire career, which is almost a decade. So I think I kind of normalized them to the idea of, oh, I think she might be leaving, but I don't know where. (laughs) And then towards the very end, I spent quite a few years and they noticed I was working really crazy hours. I mean, after work, I'll be up 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It reached such a point where my mom went, can I help you with some of the work that you're doing? Because, you know, you are staying up so late every single day. And I think it was just that consistency, the fact that they could see, oh, you're serious about this. You really do work hard, which I think I proved even as a kid as well. And the fact that from all that funny little fun things were happening to me and then people who actually wanted to pay me were coming. So then they went, okay, this girl has thought about it a longest time, worked really hard, 
to the point where people actually want to pay her for it. Well, this is a different age. We don't understand what is happening, but we trust that she can figure it out. So just go. <laughs> Every now and then when my parents would go, so what exactly do you do again? <laughs> Uh, I've had that question for the last 14 years. Yeah, so. me too, yeah, like, actually. How do, yeah, it's like, so how do I explain to people what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, speaking about the, I don't think it's only the consistency, right? I think it's the fact that the topic of your conversation has always been, this is my why. You have been searching for answers. I think way back then, if your if your parents knew the topic about or of your podcast. They would have known that, hey, maybe she isn't that happy doing what she's doing. This is the whole premise of your show. Right? And you've done over 100, I think is it close to 200 episodes right now of your podcast, just trying to find out that that question. I hope so. 130. I'm sure we will hit 200, but right now it's almost 130. So my question is, after talking to so many people, finding out their why, do you think you have found your why? So the benefit of asking every single person, do you find your why, is I know all the best answers. <laughs> so I can go from all of them and say, huh, which answer do I resonate with the most? And I would say the answer I resonate with the most is actually that why is a continuous journey, which is true. And this is one of those instances where when people say the journey matters a lot more than a destination, and it really is true. Because you just never know what doors will open so long as you just open yourself up to the fact that you've got to put yourself out there and you just got to work really, really hard and things will happen. It's not just a might happen, it will. And along the way, you will find things that make you stay up to 1am, 2am, 3am. And if you keep doing that, not just this week or next week, but two years later, three years later, then that's a very, very big hint. So once I realized that, it wasn't so much a why, but just something that I really love right now. And I started speaking to other people on my guests, like Jacqueline Novogratz after our interview. And I said, yeah, I found myself just staying up to 2 a.m. all the time. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, that's a hint. I said, you're right. That is the hint. Isn't it great? Like um, everyone talks about this, um, what is it term? Ikigai, right? Where you find yes. what you Ikigai like. came out all yeah. the time. What you like, what yeah. you, um, what people are willing to pay you for. <laughs> yeah, what people, people want, what you're good at, exactly. So that was the answer most of the time when I ask guests. They would say either, very, very rarely would they say, I have found my why. It's more common for them to say, my why is changing all the time. But it's most common for them to say, I believe in saying Ikigai. Mm, that's right. So, but yeah, why did you choose podcast and not say any other platform as well when you were first starting up? I had tried other platforms, but for some reason, it wasn't a question in my head to not start a podcast. It was because when I was on my journey to figuring out what I want to do, i.e. let's start something, building it in public, then I very quickly learned about this world of blogging, of SEO. Obviously, you need to learn. And I realized that when you Google how do you SEO? They're just generic answers all the time. I go to page five, page 10, the same thing over and over again. But along the way, I started seeing results linking to podcasts. So I started listening to them and I realized that, oh, the episodes, 40 minutes only, but I learned so much more in this 40 minutes than I ever did in any of these other websites. So obviously, I followed them. I found other episodes as well. I learned more and more and I realized that, wow, this is a real treasure trove of 
actual, real, actionable, practical knowledge that I can't find anywhere else. And obviously, these people are also startup founders, entrepreneurs, and they will obviously say, you should always start a podcast and therefore you can buy my course. And I guess somewhere along the way, I just went from podcast is really great to I'm going to start one. <laughs> it's, it's like that. Um, because it helps me so much. So yeah, yeah <laughs> right. It's like after you, you've just consumed something for so long, it, it just, I maybe I can do that myself as well. Yeah. It's like, if you can do it, I'm sure I can do it. Why not? <laughs> because I feel like, especially when it comes to like podcasts, it looks like, Especially now, everybody can be a podcaster nowadays, right? Clearly, you've made more than 130 episodes. Yeah, with 27,000 followers, 67,000 downloads, yeah. But at the very start, right, how, how did you do it and get, you know actually get people to talk to you? Because, you know, we started from zero, right? And, yeah, and yeah, we are like this, I mean, I, I guess you're, this, you're coming from Malaysia and you're approaching all these people over the world and you're thinking like, well, well why should I even care and talk to you so so how do you even get that yeah, conversation yeah. going with them i just ask yeah it's really really very simple before i even launched before i even had any name any website i pitched to several people i got 15 yeses just on that very raw i'm thinking of starting a podcast around this topic would you agree to talk to me and mind you out of the 15 that said yes i only sort of knew two the rest were complete wow, pitches. okay so for me, right from the get-go was a realization, which was obviously proven as well, that you just got to ask and you just never know who are going to say yes. And the others, honestly, very rarely do people say no. They just probably wouldn't reply to you, which <laughs> oh, yeah. honestly doesn't matter at all. So for me, yeah, I could count with basically two hands number of outright no, don't come back to me ever again. Which honestly is nothing, to be honest. You just forget there's so many other interesting people to feature. So for me, yeah, there is no secret. You just got to ask. And most people are too afraid to ask or they already think that people are going to say no. So they don't ask, in which case I slip in <laughs> and I get a yes. And over the journey, I think you realize that a lot of people are very willing to talk about themselves a little bit more. Yes, there are certain people for sure. Like um, one of the earliest guests I had he was Finian Tan, VC, very, very successful in deep tech. And he basically actually asked me, we had a pre-interview on my very first ones. And he asked me, how many downloads do you have? And at the time I had like less than 200, I would say. And I went mm, 200, 250. And I was like kind of jacked it up very generously. And then he kind of looked at me and went, mm, okay, let's do it tomorrow. And the next day during the interview, we start at 10 p.m. And oh, we went on wow. for three hours really 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 long he was so generous because he has so many interesting things to talk about and at the end he kind of told me that I asked this number because I just wanted to know how you were doing and if it was not doing it was doing very very well like over 10,000 I would have given you just one hour of my time but because you were still very very young I decided to give you as much time as you want because I'm a VC and I'm always looking to help people and so that has always stayed with me the fact that some of these people highly successful, actually are actively oh, looking wow. to give back. That, that is amazing. That in and of itself is an amazing um, story, right? Yeah. And you would never know who these people are, right? So you just got to ask and I might find another Finian. So I always put it at the back of my head. Might be another Finian who just really wants to help you, but you just never <laughs> and ask. I get that this is also how people find mentors, right? And even people who... Uh, you know, in our if in our line of work, we will also find a lot of people in the industry who are very um, 
experience in what they do. And at a certain point, they are just waiting to pass their knowledge on to people. But they don't have a vehicle to do that. They don't have an outlet and avenue to do that. So giving them the platform, actually, they feel like, oh, okay. Actually, they that's what they've been looking for quite, for quite some time. Not to say that we, we have... Um, we're doing them a favor as such. They're doing like you, right? You get you are doing us more of a favor than anything else. No, but I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just amazing at how people are so so willing to help and so willing to to give you a leg up. Because they probably had some a lot of other people who helped them in the first place. So the answer I always get is, I just want to give back, pay or pay it forward, because someone helped me first. And and right now you've grown uh, twenty seven thousand followers, more than sixty seven <laughs> downloads, no longer two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Thank so, goodness. So, and, and then, well, you have a book deal. It's just wow. And you know, you got new episodes every week without fail. When was the moment uh, over the course of this uh, hundred and thirty episodes or something that you're doing that you looked at it and you really it's really started to realize that okay, the doors opening for me, and yes, I'm not struggling anymore. I can really do this. Like for real. I would say when I started this and I love research, I always do my research. I knew when I launched this that it tends to take an average of three years for anything to really take off. So for me, I gave me myself that three year runway. First year, nothing. Second year, it's a right nothing. Third year, maybe hopefully something's going to start to happen. I would say things really took a turn when I took LinkedIn really seriously. And in my second week, one post went viral and I thought, oh, of course, when you go viral, you want to double down, right? You want to figure out how can I do it again and again and again. And I just checked my analytics. I have hit 5.4 million impressions in 11 months. And for me, it's one thing, and I'm sure you must know as well, for you to get that many impressions on one platform, but to bring that and convert them into podcast listeners, into newsletters, into clients, that's a completely different story. Of all the platforms out there, LinkedIn is the one that's worked for me really, really well. And so because of that, so huge traction every time one post went viral. And I realized that this is a thing. And it reached a point where I realized I was saying no to lots of opportunities because I just didn't have the time. I have a full-time job. I have, I'm sure you also know because you do a podcast. It takes, when I first started, it took me a whole week just to produce one episode. Now I need to balance that with going back to the office again, plus also doing extra client work, plus building business. It's impossible. So I realized that there was an opportunity there. There were people who were saying, come back to me if you're going full-time. Then we'll talk because I want you dedicated to this. And I thought, well, you never know because I just couldn't imagine myself doing the same thing again, i.e. legal job, which I knew I didn't want to for another year because really it was going to be mm, me staying right. out of fear as opposed to anything else. So fear as in, I know, for instance, if I stay on this company, I know I'm going to earn. Every month, the money's going to come in. I'm a lawyer. I'll just rack up another year. It's very certain, very clear. Once you leave, you don't have that certainty. Are you going to earn anything this month or next month? Do, will anyone care? Would my numbers drop? I'm sure you notice as well every single week. Your numbers are changing all the time. And it's, yeah, it's scary to realize that now every single day you're posting something, you're basically starting from ground zero <laughs> and you're praying. You're it is a scary jump, care. you know. Um, <laughs> I think even that time, you're basically uh, like like one of us right now. You're the freelancer and your own best boss. That I think um, coming from a very stable job, especially such a, uh, a well 
uh, looked upon careers such as yours to suddenly coming to one that's a little bit in some people's minds might be a bit rogue. I can I can relate with that fear. Yeah, <laughs> I think you have it more. You have it worse than than uh, I did, or you know, Sean did. Because I think we did it when we were quite young when we started this career path. But that's even more impressive, to be honest, that you did it so much younger. I mean, I wouldn't have the guts. <laughs> it's true. It's true because in that decision, when I made like to the point by, do I really want to be? like, you know, freelance or, or not, right? And I was thinking at that point in time, it's like, okay, right now, if I'm earning like about X dollars and it's not that difficult to earn X dollars as a freelancer, so so why the hell not? But but as you, I think as, you, as it goes up and the number gets higher and higher, it starts to get more resistance. And because, you know, because, you know it's good that the, the risk reward starts to really, really be very different from right at the start when I was earning X amount, right, which I thought was achievable. So, yeah, I think that 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 that's I think that's that's really really great that you know that it happens at such a late stage. It must have been really really hard. But you have made yeah. the change. The congr- I don't know. Congratulations. <laughs> but on the note of of on the note of fear, have you ever feared when you've gone into any of the at least I mean you've recorded one hundred thirty episodes, right? So have you ever feared whereby you've gone it where going into it and you just don't know what to talk about? No, never, because I never go into a conversation without prepping. So I know. I know I will always have enough to talk about. And it's actually not that hard, even if you don't prep to have a conversation with someone, at least for an hour, unless the person is monosyllabic and very boring, in which case I clearly didn't do my research into that guest to know that he is not a good guest. So really, at the end of the day, it's all down to me. Did I do the homework before jumping on that call? Yeah, I guess it's a, it's the, the point is like, I, I think as Asians, or you know, especially you know, for us in Singapore or in Malaysia, and so we just find that, starting to talk to people and then carrying on like, it, it's just started to become very uncool because you know you find it's, it's a lot easier for me to like, like I'm just going to send you a text instead and and I I I, 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 I rather do that any day over like having actually sitting down and having a conversation for three hours with you well to be fair the conversation on my podcast as opposed to a conversation if I meet up for a coffee is very very different because with the podcast is extremely structured I already have a very clear narrative for you I actually already know 70% what you're going to say. I'm just asking those questions because I want those specific stories while also asking the questions in between that I know you have never been asked before because I've listened to every interview I've ever done. So for me, very structured, very, very focused because I basically put myself in the shoes of a listener and go, what kind of podcast do I hate? And I hate the ones where people come in and say, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to chat about whatever comes to my mind. I actually didn't even bother to look you up. Sorry, where do you come from and what kind of podcast do you even run? Like those kind of things I know I never enjoy. So I just make an effort to be the exact opposite. So you mentioned how talking to someone on the podcast is very structured and it's very different from having an actual face-to-face conversation with someone or even maybe someone at work. So how do you handle these conversations, more or less? Uh, do, you, do you go in with a different mindset? Do you go in, um, do you find one easier than the other, maybe? What, what goes through your mind when you're hmm. thinking, like, how am I going to talk to this person? I wouldn't say it's easier because easier, it really depends on who your counterpart is. So it's easier in a sense for an interview because I already have all the questions, regardless I will always go in with at least 30. There is no way 
it would take me less than one hour to go through all of them for sure. And there's the more interviews you do and the more, for instance, you're always talking about VCs, you're talking about startups all the time. There are always this set number of questions that you can ask them. If they're raising funds, whole series around that. If they are just starting out, obviously you have to talk about growth. Who are your people? How do you even start? Weren't your parents scared? Where do you get your funding? Like all those typical questions, typical themes that you have to cover anyway. So very, very easy. When it's in person, I tend to not go in having prepped. I mean, sometimes if it's someone I've met online who say, oh, let's meet up, I'll probably do a quick scroll to see who you are. But I'm not going to sit down and do 40 hours of analysis on who you are. So in that sense, there's only so much that you can ask and talk about if you haven't done that 40-hour research. And it's not meant to be anyway, because it would be kind of freaky for me to go and meet you in person for coffee and then go, I know that you grew up in Pittsburgh and you used <laughs> yeah. to eat laksa every single morning. And you go, what the heck? That's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird, but it's not so weird on a podcast because people then would then go, oh, I'm really impressed. How did you find out about yeah, it? Yeah, so the premise of how you how you approach a person would also be different, right? Did you ever find yourself not being able to code switch fast enough or like you know you've been doing so many so many podcasts that in person you just forget and then it becomes an interview more or less when you're talking to someone well I mean not really because there's always a structure again for the podcast and also before I interview the person I'm listening to them a lot especially if they've done podcasts and if you ever listen to someone I'm sure you have as well you get a sense of who they are and once you have that then once you jump on a call it might be your first time meeting virtually, but it feels like you already met them. You already have a sense of who they are, how they respond, their personality, etc. So I always go in having just heard their voice fresh off some other platform. And so it doesn't feel weird. I'm already ready and in that right mind frame. So it sounds like before you even go into all these conversations, you have quite a lot of foreplay already in that sense. And I think that generally, you know, as we always say, better foreplay anyway leads to better things, right? <laughs> so, <I'm> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with all these things you've experienced, right? And uh, what, have, what have you learned then um, that you would like to, that you think that, you know, someone who is thinking about signing their own podcast uh, should know, of course, besides all this research that you talked about? Just know that you have to be really clear on why you are doing it. Don't do it just because it's cool, everyone's doing it. Yeah, you can do that, but why? Because it is so much more work that you can imagine. Of course, you can always just pick up your phone, just put a voice now and just upload it. But do you really want to be that? Because it really reflects who you are, the kind of level standards that you hold yourself to. And it shocks me even to this day that people really look at the quality of Steamy as an extension of the quality of who I am and the work that I can produce in pretty much any other field, i.e., if you can put so much work to such as high standards, you can ask such insightful, quote-unquote, questions, that means surely you have the intelligence, the discipline, the drive to do whatever else I would like to work with you on. So it really is a portfolio, an indicative of who you are. So just be careful of that. The fact that, yeah, you can be very casual. People might think certain things about you. It's a lot more work than you might think. And also, traction isn't something that you would find online I mean, immediately i'm sure you've noticed as well we plateau all the time it's the hardest platform in the world to ever gain any listeners or followers it's the worst in the world you should have some other platform some other business and this is supposed to supplement not the other way around well you you 
spoken to a lot of types of people, right? You've spoken to um, VCs, you've spoken to uh, high-level lawyers, ex-politicians, current politicians, very successful businessmen, businesswomen. But do you have a level or type of profile that you go for nowadays when you are thinking of the next guest to be on your podcast? So I always have to think of who my audience is. My audience is very international, a lot from Southeast Asia for sure, but also US, UK. So if I'm bringing someone from the US, UK, for instance, they can be really, really great, really, really famous. But if they have just a US presence and it's highly localized, then I will have to think, well, but do people in Southeast Asia care? If they don't care, then it's very hard for me to bring on. Unless there's something about you that would really inspire other people in this part of the world. For instance, yes, it's very highly localized US content, but hey, I gained 2 million followers on TikTok in six months. And that's something that anyone would be interested in regardless. Or maybe I'm as an Asian American and my parents just immigrated 30 years ago. And I still go back to Malaysia for, you know, once every two, three years. That is a link that will help to bring everyone together. So that's one thing is you need to have something that's interesting, a hook to bring people in firstly. You also, and we spoke about this briefly, you need to be able to be a good communicator. If you drone and you're very boring, you give more sort of like answers. I mean, it's a podcast. If you don't have that voice, I'm so sorry, you just don't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> it is true because ultimately the question is, will listeners want to listen and be present? Because if you're so boring, they turn up at five minutes what is the point? That's true. Now you have that presence to sort of pick and choose, right? But back then when you were just starting out, did you do that as well? Or was it just anyone who said, yes, you would just come on my podcast? I asked because this is something no, that we have. No, definitely had. not. Like I've, I think for every 100 people we approach, like 99 would just ghost us. That, that's pretty normal. I mean, we can't, we've got a thick skin, so we keep going on. But, so, but you see, you have a high success rate, so you clearly have got something worked out there. Well, I do my research before before I reach out to these people. In all my pitches, I would tell them why I wanted to speak to them. And those points would show that I've already done the research. So even before I've spoken to you, I am serious about it. It's not a generic email. I've already put in the work. So a lot of people will recognize it and go, wow, you didn't even know if I would ever reply or see this email and you already did the work. If you're going to do it at this point, you probably do it a lot more when we have the actual interview. And a lot of these people have been interviewed a lot, so they know what a zero effort interview looks like and one with effort. And of course, they will always choose the latter. So I think that's probably one that really allows people to say yes. So to be fair, the podcast is actually somehow surprising. A small part of what I'm doing now. So we mentioned LinkedIn briefly, and that's basically what I am now doing. I'm just doing LinkedIn personal branding. And that does take a lot of time. And some people do find it very surprising. Go, How do you go from lawyer to podcaster to LinkedIn personal branding? And then I realized that actually everything has been purely organic. Because with the podcast, it's really deep diving into very interesting people. I read everything I can about everything around you and what you have put out before I speak to you. Whereas this is me going even deeper. I work with you to learn everything around you and within you because you're telling me your thoughts, your feelings, what you care about. And then I write and execute on your behalf as though I am you. So it's bringing it to the next level. 
that's kind of storytelling that I actually really enjoy because that was the thing that I found frustrating in law. It felt like I was always on the periphery. You come in because you won something drafted into the form of a contract and I never see it again. And I always work with the same people in the same industry, whereas here it's very, very different people. And one moment I'm talking about ESG, another I'm talking about what it's like being a Silicon Valley startup founder. And it's just such a wide variety. But to do my job well, I have to know what you do and who you are as well as you, if not better. And it's just really exciting for me to know that every single day I get to learn from experts while being paid and seeing their business grow. So that's my current focus. I, I just hear you describing, you know, what you do now and what's coming up for you, Linga. I just feel like you're really happy. And with that, I also feel like very happy for you when I hear you saying that. Because oh, I think at least, you know how you say that your why changes, but I think for now, you have found it, you know. So it's just very inspiring to hear someone who has found his or her why and is making it happen. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I feel so shy now. Because you can tell when someone... See lots of doubt swirling. <laughs> I mean, we've spoken to a lot of people as well, right? And a lot of people we talk to are in the context of work. You know, we're doing it because we have to. We're doing it. Um, they're doing it on behalf of their company. They're doing it because they need money. Um, and, and so there's a real difference when you find someone who is doing it because they're passionate about it. And, and they're able to, um, you know, it just excites them when they're talking about it. So there is that little spark that's happening when you speak about it. So I just, and I love it when that happens because um, it's quite sad, but nowadays it doesn't happen that often anymore. <laughs> I know, I know, because I was that person for the longest time. And then I would speak to other people and they would say, you really liked up when you talk about the podcast. And they said it so many times that I thought, well, Lingen, you better take the hint. <laughs> Good for you, Lingya. You have. I'm looking at you now, and I'm just wondering what you like, like before. Like, if we went back and we asked your former boss or your teachers in secondary school, and they said, "Hey, can you describe what Lingya was like?" Uh, what would they actually say? I was very different when I was younger. I was very, very quiet. Not because I was shy. I just had my own things to do when I was young. I just wanted to read books. I just wanted to write. And so for me, it was any time spent talking to other people. It's time spent taken away from my books and oh. I don't want that so just leave me alone <laughs> so I was very much that I also had my music that was going on and that was very all-consuming we always had performances orchestra solo performances that consumed my life so very very busy I would say but never the actively putting myself out there talking to people going for instance hey I'm going to Singapore would you like to meet up like never ever ever do I ever do that or think that I could do it and have anyone even say yes to me. But now I am doing that and I cannot imagine a different life. I really enjoy it. So it's like, oh, set you up for this, right? Because it seems like I've set you up for this because you're always very much into reading, into research, I guess, finding out things, researching, I guess, all is part of it. And then somehow the... the so I want to talk to people. It's like just just came out and and got got, got a quite, quite a nice balance. So yeah, and I realized that as yeah. well, especially when I was working. That people always talk about, oh, I don't want to be in my own bubble, or oh, I wish I could meet new people. And I realized that yeah, I'm also complaining as well. But 
I'm just complaining. I'm not doing anything about it. Whereas with this podcast, since it's weekly, I can actually go and say, and I almost never interview anyone I know. I can almost always go every single week, I meet at least one new person. And when you think about this, it, really just 48 new people, which is not that many, but it's still so much more than if I didn't have this little internal KPI to hit meet new people. Now I can act, can honestly say I have. I have expanded my network, very different people. And not only are they different and new, but they are the best of the best. So, so have you ever struggled to, to meet this KPI? Like, has, has there ever been a week where you go like, oh my God, goodness, I don't think I can meet someone new or get an episode out this week? Last week? <laughs> 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 yes, you caught me. I, I have been thinking about this whole week going, oh my gosh, should I release on Tuesday, Wednesday? Oh no, it's already Thursday. I must wait till this Sunday. Yeah, you caught me. Last week. <laughs> and, and does it get to a point where like, okay, yeah, anything will do lah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I actually do have lots of episodes in the pipeline. It's just the whole, oh my gosh, I have to sit down, I have to do all the editing, put it all together, do the copy, I have to release or do all the marketing materials. And I just go, no, 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 but all oh, these are the deadlines for actual playing clients that I need to prep for. So then it just gets shoved to the side. Yeah. Well, sometimes no matter how passionate you are about something, it a little bit of rest is needed and it's just it wears down on you sometimes yeah that's what people tell me as well even at the very start my friends would say just give yourself grace no one's gonna don't kill yourself over it and no one's gonna notice at first I thought oh my gosh no one will notice I didn't put anything out <laughs> Isn't it worth but then yeah. yeah that's also true <laughs> yes yeah, so that, like, is, that no, is true no one notices no one cares <laughs> but at the same time What's b- amazing about podcast listeners is they always go through the archives. And so at least I can say, well, yeah, nothing came out this week, but you have over almost 130 other episodes to look through, which would take more than enough of your time this week and yeah, next. Right. <laughs> you were mentioning how uh, you used to be, I don't want to use the word introvert, but I think you were very um, absorbed in what you left. I was an introvert though. <laughs> so, but now, you know, it's very different now, it seems like, even though you do have a KPI and, and you're doing it because of the show, but you are actively reaching out. And I know that a lot of introverts don't like doing this and this is the reason why they don't do it in the first place. So when or how did that change for you? Because especially for our mm, audience, right? question. Yeah, a lot of them are creatives and they, they face this. They are those kinds of people who I want to sit at home. I just want to do my craft. I don't want to talk to people, even though they're my clients. I don't really want to talk to them. I just want to do what I love. So how did that change? So I've done the MBTI test before. And I remember growing up, I was 70% I. Very clearly remember. The change really came about in my last workplace because I was in large MNC. Suddenly, I wasn't just a lawyer. I was also attending all these different social enterprise meetings as well. I was having to organize lots of different talks, lots of conferences. It wasn't a question of, could you do it, Lingya? It's just, you're doing it. Just go and figure it out. So obviously, you are the face. You have to reach out to people. You have to organize, pull everything together, book everything. And I found as I was doing it that, firstly, it came very naturally to me. It wasn't hard. It was actually fun. And people seemed to really enjoy it. I went all out. I don't know if you've ever heard of this variety, Korean variety show called mm. Running Man. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Running Man. So, my first, was it second year, I was asked to organize a retreat and I went, huh, these are very young, 20 something year olds, first job ever, lots of energy. We're going to a very premier island. 
I'm going to create a real life running man competition for you this whole day and end in this epic estate where I've transformed everything. I had this invisible ink. I took over a room filled with balloons, filled with hints, everything. I went all out, even bought like snakes and Oh my God, <laughs> that is really... <laughs> it's a whole other story. I went all out. <laughs> and I really enjoy it. So I have to say at that point in time, I thought I had a real crisis. I was thinking, wait, so is my future me being an event organizer? Is that my why, my future? But it was because of that as well that I realized that firstly, it's really fun to put yourself out there. People are really, really fun. Lots of different and interesting things. So why am I doing not doing more of it? So I started leaning more into that. Then obviously I did a podcast. Then I spoke to people and I realized, oh, the best people in the world are really not that hard to meet. And sometimes you meet someone where it's just so easy to click with them. And then you get to meet in person and then you become friends. Then you become really good friends. Then their friends become your friends. Your friends become theirs. And suddenly your whole world explodes. And it was just these little things that grew and grew to the point where I did my MBTI test again. And I knew as I was answering that it was going to be different because all my answers that used to be on the left, I knew were on the right. Distinctly questions I remember answering, I knew was 180 degree different. So when the results came out and said I was now 70% E, I thought, mm -hmm, that's correct. <laughs> that is exactly who I am now. So I don't know, am I a selective extrovert or you were I, mean, closet I, I do extrovert. still enjoy being alone all the time? <laughs> closet extrovert. Yeah, when the occasion arises. And there was a point where I was meeting so many people where I would be out all day, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and I would still feel so energized. And I'll see everyone flagging and I'll go, why are you flagging? I feel so energetic. Let's go on. So it's a very different thing, I would say. But it also has to do with the fact that you find the right people. Some people, if you just don't click, if the vibe is just not right, then you're going to feel depressed and you're just going to want to escape. But you find that right mood, the right group of people by putting yourself out there often enough, of course, then it would just all come together. The, the question we, all, we have always ask as well for this uh, season is, how do you talk to people? How do I talk to people? Just treat them as human. <laughs> just be interesting what they have to say. Don't talk about yourself all the time. I like to listen to other people and just ask more questions. If they say something and they use a particular word that I find unusual, I'll go, so you said that, but why? Just ask why. And people will probably share with you. And so to wrap this all up, Lingya, we all uh, we ask all our guests these questions. When were you, Lingya, the most uncool? And what do you think you would say to yourself then? I was most uncool when I suppose I was in London and I just did law. And I would say to myself that honestly, that was such a great opportunity. And just because you were doing law didn't mean that your world, your future had to be law. There are so many other things that you can do to explore. And it all starts with just going out and meeting people and doing different things. It doesn't have to be big kind of commitments, three, six months. It could be just, I just want to go to one event this week. And if you do it often enough, it becomes a habit. Then little moments will really resonate with you and you go, oh, I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad I met this person. Let's meet up again. And slowly over time, you see that there is a little change that happens. And that's what really matters the most. You take the small changes and then one year later, you look back and you realize you're in a very different place. 
five years later, 10 years later, even bigger change. You have never dreamt it. It would have been really scary if you envision where you would be in 10 years. But in the moment, if you took that one step, very doable, but it makes all the difference in the world. You know, Ningya, I, I know I said that uh, we're going to wrap this up, right? But I just want to say that I think that is very beautiful, especially the journey that you shared um, about you going from introvert to the extrovert. <laughs> and that's even after you did the test, right? Because I feel that at least a lot of people that uh, I meet, and maybe that's happening to, to to us right now, right? Where we put ourselves in boxes and feel like this is how it's meant to be or this is what I'm comfortable with and that's why it's never going to change and my life is never going to change. But sometimes it's just about trying something out and like what you said, you never know where it's going to bring you next. And you're living proof of that that you just, you thought you were introvert. All tests told you that you were introvert, but then you just actually had to do it. You were forced to do it. You tried it out and you realized, no, actually I'm the exact opposite of what I've been told I've been trying to, I've been doing all my life. And, um, you know, that has led you down so many paths that um, as great as a law career is, it would not have brought you to the same places. So I just feel that's, yeah. For sure. So sometimes it's good to be forced to do things you know <laughs> you didn't think you would like. <laughs> exactly. So Lingya, if our listeners were interested to follow you on your socials and on your podcast, what are your handles and how do they find you? The podcast is on every platform you can imagine. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just look for it. So This Is My Why. Handle on Instagram is So This Is My Why. LinkedIn is where I'm most active on. So just look for my name, L-I-N-G-Y-A-H. But otherwise, TikTok, YouTube as well. Just put in So This My Way podcast. You will find it. Like this show? Then rate it five stars and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uncool is a podcast produced, written, and hosted by Sean Lee Wen-Chong and co-hosted by Yenling Lo, co-produced by Raven Lim and edited by Ray Ng. Uncool. It's cool to be uncool. On the next episode of Uncool, we did this thing called the Living Room Theatre Concept. So that was in 1981. We decided to just, uh, you know, start Act 3. We went to homes to do birthday parties. I actually do remember that I think I was like 7. And then Chanjun came to my house because I had a birthday party. And you have these guys in like masks and all that. It's like in the living room, like up close to your face. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <I get laughs> that, real that, actually, that can be quite scary. Uncool. New episodes every Saturday.